It was the morning of the 26th of May, 2011, and the jury at Swansea Crown Court had been out for two days considering their verdicts. The clock in the courtroom crept towards midday, and I could feel the tension in the room. Why had they taken so long? Surely, after nine weeks of evidence, it must be clear to them that John William Cooper was guilty of the horrendous crimes that had cast a dark shadow over Pembrokeshire for a quarter of a century. It was a very strange feeling. For the last five years, I had been in control of the investigation codenamed Operation Ottawa that had brought Cooper to justice. I had had the privilege of leading the finest team of police officers and support staff I had ever come across in more than 30 years of service, but at this moment I had no control at all. It was in the hands of 12 ordinary men and women. Detectives are resourceful individuals, trained to notice the smallest changes in human behaviour, and I had a team of the very best. Today is the day, boss, one of them said. The jury have got their drinking gear on. They'll be going out at lunchtime. This was the best indication to me that the jury had broken from their regular pattern and not ordered lunch for the first time in nine weeks. Today was definitely going to be the day. As I looked around the drab little room, which had been our home during the trial, I could not help thinking that everyone who mattered was there. The Ottawa team, the Crown Prosecution team, led by Tom Atherton, and the Crown, led by Gerard Elias QC. Suddenly, the door burst open, and standing in front of us was the ample frame of Detective Sergeant Gareth Rambo Rees. Verdict! he exclaimed. The room burst into life. For me, it was important that I spoke to the Ottawa team alone before we went into court. As the barristers dashed through the door, we gathered in a tight circle. It felt right that we were together, as we had been since the very beginning. My words were simple. It has been my absolute honour and privilege to have led you on this journey. I could not have asked for more, and you could not have done any more. Whatever the verdict here today, we will receive and accept it with dignity. There will be no reaction from us. Good luck. The courtroom was packed, and every seat was taken. To my right, I could see the families and relatives of the victims who had waited so long for justice. Tim and Julie, the children of Peter and Gwenda Dixon, who had been murdered in cold blood whilst on holiday in Pembrokeshire some 22 years earlier. Next to them were the James family, cousins to siblings Richard and Helen Thomas, who had been blasted to death in their farmhouse in the mid-1980s. Unbeknown to most people in the courtroom, the victims of a rape and robbery attack in Milford Haven were sitting in the viewing room behind a darkened glass window. They were all victims of one man, John William Cooper. The press gallery was packed, as it had been throughout the trial. They too had heard every piece of evidence, and we were now moments away from its conclusion. I sat near Cooper's family, who had attended court throughout the nine weeks, and I could not help but admire the dignity they had shown throughout. All rise! The court usher bellowed. Everyone stood. The judge, John Griffith Williams, walked briskly into the court, resplendent in his red robe. Over the years, I have never really suffered from nerves. Pressure has always given clarity to my thoughts. Now, though, my mind was racing, and I could feel my heart pounding against my ribs. In the silence of the court, I thought I could actually hear it. My Ottawa team were in a group on the opposite side of the room, as one, they all looked to the dock as Cooper was brought into court. He was wearing a grey suit with a pink striped tie, as he had done every day of the trial. He looked more like a crooked accountant who had been caught with his fingers in the till, 
and the cold, calculating serial killer that I knew he was. The judge looked down at the clock. We have a verdict, I understand. Please bring the jury in. The jury door opened, and the twelve members walked into the court, but none of them looked at Cooper. For the first time I thought how young and innocent they looked, and what a burden it must have been reaching such a decision. Some of the girls on the back row were holding hands. One was crying. They sat down quietly. The court was in total silence. Will the foreman please stand? One of the men in the front row stood up. Have you reached a verdict on which you are all agreed, said the clerk. Yes, he replied. Is that in relation to all charges? Yes. I noticed other members of the jury were now crying. On charge one of the indictment, the murder of Helen Thomas, do you find the defendant, John William Cooper, guilty or not guilty? Without hesitation, he replied, guilty. There was a gasp in the court. The murder of Richard Thomas, guilty or not guilty? Again, he replied, guilty. In my mind, these were the two charges that I feared for the most, as we had the least evidence. If the jury had convicted him of these murders, then we must be home and dry, I thought. I turned to Assistant Chief Constable Nick Ingram, who was sitting next to me, and whispered, We've got him. It's a full house. <laughs>